Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our Watch Club for the Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Some things you can't forget, but you can fight to make things better. Hello, I'm Jayla, but you can call me Justin, and this is our Watch Club for Obi-Wan Kenobi, Episode 5, Part 5. If you're joining us for the first time, well, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we say hello there, let me introduce you to my two travelers from the Outer Rim who are joining me today. First up, it's been a while since we've heard this sweet voice on a Star Wars-centric watch club. He's got flow like Obi-Wan, and he's short like an Ewok. Mr. Nate Shelton, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not that short. I, I was... Uh, yeah, I was I was going to say uh hello there. Uh for the first time on this watch club, that's insane to me that we're all the way on episode 5 and I haven't even Penultimate, been able to man. to get here yet, but I Dude, I was uh, you know what happened is my hyper speed drive or whatever it's called was broken. <laughs> so unfortunately, I didn't have enough space gas uh to get here in time, but I'm happy to be here now. But also joining us today, you know her from episode one of our watch club the jedi master who is masterful with the pencil miss megan clara draws how are you i'm doing really well some people call it space gas some people call it fuel <laughs> okay yeah oh. that could be it too i kind of like <laughs> space gas a little more though too, i want to go to a space so. gas station and see <laughs> some like hondo anaka type guy just be like hey what oh, do you want buddy. over here uh. Yeah. Annie! Yeah. Annie! Come get your space gas, Annie! <laughs> Speaking of... Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, Seriously. Right? Kind of looked like and, he had some space gas in this episode. A little bit. Maybe. Times, a yeah. little bit. Uh, but, but but before we kick things off, uh, getting into uh, episode five, Nate, like, like we were saying, it's your first time joining us, so I, I would love to know what you've been thinking about this series as we get to episode five. Yeah, I... Um... I think it's interesting. Uh, episode one and two started really strong for me. And I think part of my feelings of how strong those two episodes started for me had a lot to do with the fact that I got to see it on a giant screen at Star Wars Celebration early with a big crowd and at the premiere. Mm. And um, and so I think that kind of helped it a little bit. Um, looking back at it, I, I might have been a little bit overzealous about those two episodes, but I still think they're they're really good. I still think episode one is really good. Uh, episode three and four definitely d took a bit of a dive, I think, um, with, with especially, I think, the previous episode with episode four. Um, but I... I've honestly, I've just been enjoying Obi-Wan and I've been enjoying getting into this history and I've been enjoying little Leia so much. Um, and I think it's, I think it's just, it's just a lot of fun when we can explore these sections of Star Wars that they purposefully leave open for us. Um, and I'm just, I think the only thing that's kind of holding me back from like absolutely going nuts over this, this series so far 
is the unknown, is the unknown of of a second season of is there more? And I, I always find that makes it really difficult to kind of sort of understand where I sit with a show when I don't know if there's going to be a season two, um, simply based off the fact that like, it, that that just helps me to understand the, the pacing a little bit more. And I feel like this series, as far as pacing is concerned, has a lot to be desired. Um, but thankfully, I think this episode really picks it up. Yeah, I, I think there's rumors that there is a second season. That there's a lot there. of rumors. I mean, when, when you and so. McGregor came out on the Star Wars live stage and he was shouting, he's like, I'm so glad you liked episode one and two. And I, I can't wait for you to see episode three and four and five and six. And then somebody's like, and more in the crowd. And then he's like, and seven and eight and nine and ten. Yeah, woo! And he's like <laughs> freaking out. And I'm like, I'm sure Deborah Chow and all the PR people were just like, shut up, you. And like, come on, dude. Like, we've only <laughs> done six episodes you can't you can't just give say this stuff um but i i you know it's it's very possible i think the trajectory that we're going that yeah maybe we will get a season two i really hope so but i think we will i think we we, there's more to explore in this as you said this pocket of time that we're in and uh should be interesting to see if if we do but let's kick things off talking about uh, episode five here uh, which begins with a flashback uh, of a training session between Anakin and Obi-Wan which uh, for all intents and purposes I feel is is Coruscant and in the Jedi Temple I'm, I'm absolutely yes. it is it's, yeah. it's definitely okay. and it's definitely um you notice the haircuts we got the little Annie braid um he's got he's uh Obi-Wan's got the like the Jesus hair and uh <laughs> and, and Anakin still has a human hand which means this takes place before attack of the clones, of the clones um and also exactly. I don't think like based off of how much he's like longingly looking out the window at that building that I think Padme's in I feel like that might be he hasn't yet gotten sure. to meet up with he her. He hasn't again confronted for the first her. Time. Yeah, correct. Yeah, he probably yeah. hasn't confronted her. But here we see Jedi and Padawan, or as brothers, the two face off, uh, which is kind of like the most literal sense of a of the duel of fates. As we kind of return to this flashback throughout the episode, as a means to understand the tactics of both Obi Wan and Anakin in this larger episode. Um, so. You know, again, we're, we've kind of already been talking about it here, but I, I'd love to know what did you guys think of seeing this episode kicking off with this flashback and then also seeing it sprinkled throughout the rest of the episode. Meg, we'll start with you. I sat upright the second I saw Coruscant <laughs> because I knew that there was going to be a reason for Hayden Christensen to be in this show. And the yep. reason was happening in front of my face. So I like was upright, <laughs> seated, excited and... To watch those two fight the way that we remember them fighting and doing their sparring and having Obi-Wan be a true master to his Padawan was really amazing. And like you said, the fact that this would have probably happened before Attack of the Clones, it's still in training. So it's still Mm -hmm. the process of Obi-Wan taking over for Qui-Gon Jinn. So they've obviously gotten to that point where they're they're more brothers than anything, especially because of that last moment in this whole mm-hmm. sequence. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just so amazing to see them that way. And there was one moment where Hayden Christensen did say, I can't remember the exact line. It was just like a couple words and it sounded like him and it didn't sound like Anakin because you realize how much higher his voice is as that character <laughs> yeah. when he says like master 
And then he yeah. said, like, are you sure? Or something. His, yeah. his register is so low. So I thought that was, like, a really funny catch. But it was it was really incredible as, like, a Star Wars fan um, to have that service laid out in front of us. It felt like a live-action moment from Clone Wars. And I think yeah. that was super exciting for a lot of Clone Wars fans kind of coming into this. And um, you have to know Filoni was probably all over that on set and, and, and hanging out with Deborah Chow while they did this. But um, I just honestly, I, I think it was it was such a phenomenal way to sort of structure the episode. Um, I love how the flashback cuts from both Vader and Obi-Wan throughout the episode, which just shows how connected they are. Uh, and I also 100%. I, I also just love the sort of the the callbacks to some of their most harrowing moments that in at this point in the timeline you know haven't happened yet um which is just the the you know the duel of the heroes and we we actually hear some of those themes from the music of revenge of the sith with the high paced like high tension strings and staccato horns um shout out to series composer natalie holt by the way who also did the music for loki um she just did such a good job of sort of blending in the music um i do think though the only thing i I will say is i think hayden could have used a little bit more of a go on the forehead with some of the (laughs) cgi de-aging um but at the same time like I was just so happy to see them together again. It, it it stopped bothering me pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 I, I think, um, yeah, this is definitely a moment that took place before Clone Wars, before I think Anakin meet uh, Padme, uh, you know, so many years later. Again, I think it was really smart for them, as you were saying, Nate, to kind of sprinkle it throughout the the episode as, as sort of a reminder of the difference between these two in terms of a strategy and helping to kind of cement that throughout the episode to really understand their strategy in the present time and how Vader or, or Anakin is, is always out to best the next person and, and see victory. Um, and that kind of gets the best of him in this episode as it sort of unravels to yeah. a certain degree. Um, but also just the idea of seeing Obi-Wan at the top of his game and in terms of how he was able to still get around Anakin in these flashback sequences without a saber at one point, right? To just, you know, use almost his own arrogance against him in that moment to to get the upper hand, which is very much kind of what we would see in Revenge of the Sith when he tries to take the higher ground from Obi-Wan and he <laughs> fails horribly. <laughs> and I love I love that you know even in this moment in in as Vader he still hasn't learned his lesson, right? Like I love how it mirrors the fact that like the lesson that Obi-Wan is teaching him there, he still hasn't learned it hasn't by the learned. time we get no, to the end of this exactly. episode and it's just it just shows his his hubris, his his anger, and again, how what Obi Wan says, like how it blinds him, uh, how he always just needs to win, and uh, and I just love that because it's such a core competency for the character of of Anakin, later Anakin, and, and then Vader. Yeah, and I also just love the highlight of their saber fighting skills. They're just the same <laughs> always. Like you said, Obi-Wan is really agile. He knows how to Twirly. move. And yeah, he, he knows how to like um, anticipate <laughs> his his uh, <laughs> his um, opponent's 
next move where Anakin's mm-hmm. very much like hacky slashy. I just want to beat you. So it's always been that way and it will always be that way. And it's cool to see that represented there. And I love that we got a little back twirl just like Anakin yeah. did in episode two. <laughs> but also like uh, the the speaking of the hacking moment, like the moment where Obi-Wan's down on the ground and you see Anakin hacking away at him. It's just crazy to also then uh, how that mirrors Luke in in Return of the Jedi when he's against Vader uh, himself on the ground. It's just kind of it's it's crazy to sort of see that it's like a familial uh, sort of fighting style that that goes through, comes through I guess through the jeans or I well I don't know if Vader wears jeans but you know what I mean. Well <laughs> well I I guess I guess the argument was said because a lot of people were saying in the Force Awakens with Rey and the way she was fighting that it was very similar to Darth Sidious or the Emperor and the way he yeah. fought in Revenge of the Sith, uh, which, again, uh, ends up she is his granddaughter. So it Yeah, sense gross. So no, she's it not. Might be, she's it whoever might... she wants to be. I don't care. <laughs> We're going to pretend that never happened. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, moving on. Uh, from, from the opening flashback, we fast forward to the present, and Reva is being promoted to Grand Inquisitor for her good work in the last episode of letting Obi-Wan think he got away only to plant a tracker uh, on the lovable robot Lola. Obi-Wan and the others are now heading to Jabiam, where they touch down and begin to make plans to evacuate. Uh, There's a slew of people there. We see Roken. Uh, We also see Haja Estra, who we saw in episode two. Uh, All of these people are just desperate to get off of this planet uh, as they fear the Empire is closing in on them. While they all scramble around trying to find a way to outrun the Empire, the bugged Lola manages to open a large vent leading to a set of controls, which can, sorry to she, sorry to interrupt. I just I, how does she open the vent and then close the door behind her? She has no arms. So I, like, is it magnets? Like, did she, maybe, she use magnets like I, Kamal I, does? I, I was uh, maybe I maybe that's that's a very good point. Uh, she ends up getting <laughs> to these uh, sets of controls and and uh, scrambles the wiring, causing the hangar doors to close, uh, keeping the ship grounded. With the Empire inbound, the hangar doors shut and everyone trapped. Obi Wan gives a very loving speech, inspiring everyone to band together and stand their ground. Uh, he tells Roken he has an hour to fix the electrics before they are all done. With no luck at overriding the system, the only way they can actually access the hangar door hardware is through a small vent. Enter Princess Leia, who volunteers everyone that she needs a ladder and that she is going up to that vent to save the day. Um, so we'll stop right here. Um, okay, so you already brought it up. I thought it was a little <laughs> weird that that Lola was kind of just like moving around as if she had like extra limbs. What do you think of this this whole seeing Obi-Wan in this moment kind of try to speak to to this resistance this small resistance force to kind of inspire them it's kind of like a very nice sort of foreshadow i don't know what do you guys think of that moment i just have to say i i did think his line delivery right off the bat wasn't that in like everyone everyone like if he said it's so robotic for some reason in that moment um but you know what i think it it it, it's cool to see Obi-Wan uh, taking charge in the moment. And I, I also have to say, like, leave it up to little Leia to... to. Oh, no, we, we're not there yet, right? Where she crawls in the vent. No, she, we haven't gotten I already said. Yeah. I already, oh, yeah, yeah you said, did, right? I said it. Uh, yeah, leave yeah. it up to little Leia to go into a, a ventilation shaft. Like, thankfully, she didn't end up in a garbage <laughs> chute. Um, but, but, you know, she's always going into into little, little garbage shafts or whatever, little holes. So, um, obviously, this was her, her first time, and so... 
um, she she absolutely you know was super cute and get me a ladder and I thought that was that was kind of nice as well. She's she's taking charge like she always does. Yeah, I I think it was kind of cool that they again as I'm a, a huge Leia fan, not a, a huge fan of children in TV shows and movies, um, but I'm glad they gave her a storyline <laughs> to like occupy her time during a huge battle sequence because I think it maybe would have been a little difficult to deal with her throughout all of that so it's good that they gave her something to do and something to focus on and a way to find Lola um I do want to know I don't know if this is me reaching too far but when they arrive and come out the door and show that like they we got her we got Leia everything's fine is Cal Kestis in that group of people Am I reaching? I, I think you might be. I think you might be. I did, definitely didn't <laughs> I, I see it. Like I, think internet, they, I think the I internet would have blown up if he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> there's cool to, one guy that cool they show hope. like three times that I've never seen before this episode. And he looks a lot like him. Like he yeah. has red hair and like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Go, go back and look at it. Um, I will say really quickly, though, there is a little kid who has shown up now twice in this series. Um, I didn't catch this, but I saw it online. thought it was kind of interesting. Um, there's a character named Corin Horn, uh, who's from the expanded uh, universe that was in, like, Legends and has now been canonized because in the credits, he's literally credited as Corin with the same spelling, C-O-R-R-A-N. And it's the little kid who Obi-Wan helped escape with his mother. And uh, and supposedly, according to those who know, the character is um, age appropriate. So it, it's interesting. I don't know if they're actually going to do anything with that. Um, but it's just kind of interesting to note that that he's he's shown like a few times uh, while they're all preparing. Yeah, no, you're talking about the the mother and son from episode two that Hodge. That's right. Hodge saved. Yeah, he, he actually did do good. He got them to safety as as he promised. So I thought that was cool to kind of throw that in there to show that those, you know, those characters that we saw in, in episode two did find some sort of form of salvation, if you will, from the Empire. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. not with them bearing down, <laughs> uh, because <Kind> as because <laughs> as we continue on, we then see the arrival of Reva with a band of stormtroopers who are now right outside the main hangar doors, and they've set up a large uh, artillery and begin pounding the door with missiles, but the door is very, very strong. I gotta say, this is one strong-ass door. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the other side, the Resistance is standing there, weapons ready for oncoming attack obi-wan then asks roken to tell them that he wants to talk to the inquisitor so naturally reva accepts and approaches the door and the two share a very forceful conversation where obi-wan learns that reva does not serve vader she is hunting him she is one of the younglings that we saw in episode one that did escape the jedi temple or so we thought because upon their escape they were confronted by anakin who she thought was there to help them but instead he slayed all of her friends, or as she refers to them, her family, and left her for dead as she lied there among the cold bodies, basically plotting her revenge. So her entire story or origin here looks to be framed around exacting revenge against Anakin for his betrayal. So I'm going to stop right here. This is a pretty heavy piece of information, something that I think was heavily heavily theorized upon um i i i actually pitched this i i in i think one of our episodes where i mentioned that what if reva was actually after vader the entire time and i think this is this is really cool because it just sets up an interesting 
sort of dynamic and situation here. But I know, Meg, you you <laughs> we were kind of talking about this throughout our watch clubs about the justification for why she is so angry. Do you feel like now that, that there's a bit of indication or, or for this character? I have a huge weight lifted off my shoulders watching this episode. I this whole time have been so confused on her motives. I didn't get it because like, I know that you guys feel her anger, but I just didn't. Like every (laughs) time she talked about Obi-Wan, I was like, you don't seem like you hate him that much. And I feel like you should. So I don't know why I like I didn't get it. And I get it now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It finally makes so much sense. I really actually want to go back and watch the first four episodes to see if you can feel that sense of like awareness of all she wants to do with Obi-Wan is just use him. So, yeah. and obviously, thankfully, Obi-Wan said like, you know, his name is Anakin. How can you know that? Because he would keep that secret. It's like, ah, oh, yes. All of us heard her call him Anakin. And we we're like, who the hell are you to know who he yeah. is? So it yeah. feels really good to have that cleared up finally. Um, and I think this moment between the two of them was really incredible um, because she actually showed a sense of weakness. And for me personally, vulnerability. Yeah. vulnerability sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. the better word for it. Um, yeah. I, I think these are her best moments. And I really hope to see more of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, I hope so as well. I think, like, I've uh, personally, I've been a fan of Reva for the longest time. And I just, I had a lot of, you know, a lot of people were saying she was a youngling. She was that youngling that we see. And she was that youngling that we literally see. Or, or teenling. I think they're still youngling. <laughs> they still look pretty young. Uh, they're but young. Yeah, did yeah. you did you notice uh, one of the kids in the flashback that we see um, that gets cut down is the same one that we saw frozen in stasis, which means that every time Reva goes to work, she has to pass by that kid that she couldn't well, say. She goes there. Like I, goes I, there. I think she, I think that's the main hall. If that, if I was if I was the Inquisitor, people, I'd be like, that's our main hall. That's where we show off all our goods, <laughs> um, all of our all our, that's our portfolio, if you will. So if people want to come in, um, but I I did I will say, like you said, Meg, the the moment between her and Obi Wan was probably w- like one of my favorite moments of her ever in this series, and I found it interesting um, to see Obi Wan taken aback when Reva says do you really want Anakin dead do you really want the same thing I want Um, because I think in that moment you know he knows he wants Vader dead but not Anakin and this might be one of the first times where he's sort of forced to realize that they are one in the same and that the death Mm -hmm. of his enemy means the death of his brother and it's such a it's incredible moment of like just silence from Ewan McGregor in this moment I was like oh my gosh this is this is so good and like yeah, that was such a face. phenomenal right and it's just like that's him that's him recognizing that and I just it's crazy to sort of see him have to like break through that in his mind and they it just it's so good for sure so good for sure that's that's also you know on the flip side that is what Luke is fighting for in in the in the original films is is the belief that they are two separate whereas here obi-wan has to accept that they are one in the same yeah yeah wow cool parallel yeah i think this is some of the best acting we've gotten from uh moses i think she's Mm -hmm. she's absolutely 
vulnerable. She's she's honest. Um, I, I've enjoyed her acting and her portrayal of Reva throughout this series. Um, I didn't find it too heavy handed. I just don't think I had the justification to yeah. to like really understand where it was coming from. And yeah, you're right. Like her her sort of sentiments to Obi Wan didn't seem as much of of like a a hate as much of like. I need him so I can advance, which was, I think, the biggest reason why I was like, maybe she's just after him to get closer to Vader. And sure enough, that that seems to have be the case here as, as she makes it clear. Yeah, some some fantastic acting that that I think really does show that she's, you know, again, throughout this episode, this this series, she's very committed to the character that she's playing. Oh, yeah. And in this moment, we we get the origin and the answers as to what her motives are so yes we've just justified this character that much more um let's just say that whole moment was very revelatory <laughs> <laughs> which which moment are you talking yeah, about <laughs> oh oh you're talking about the the conversation yes yeah, it was very, very revelatory, revelatory. <laughs> sure okay um, go ahead justin sorry go ahead <laughs> In this moment, uh, in this moment, Obi-Wan is encouraging Reva to work with him and try to stop Vader. But she is having none of that with her spinning lightsaber. She breaks into the hangar bay door, slicing it open. The doors open. The stormtroopers approach and both sides begin to face off. As the two face off, the stormtroopers advance forward. Obi-Wan does his best to hold them back and Tala takes a blast to the stomach and fighting off these stormtroopers. We then see Ned B who tries to protect her but no good. Obi-Wan is forced to watch as Tala sacrifices herself blowing up the tunnel with a thermal detonator. So we'll just take a pause here for a second. We got the death of Tala. I, I We were kind of talking about it offline. I, I do wish that Leia had seen this uh, mm -hmm. only just to give her character a little bit more like just that inspiration because it feels like her purpose and the mentality of having her in this this story is to kind of be the inspiration of hope because there's this there's this theme that seems to run through this series about like hope kind of dying but maybe kind of coming back and we're seeing mm -hmm. glimpses of both and she she so far she hasn't really gotten to see at least from what we've seen those moments she hasn't really gotten to see any right. fighting at all and so i think she needs mm -hmm. to see that and i know it sounds a little harsh because she's she's a little girl but i think she needs to to get that i love that i, I think that's absolutely true justin um can we just pour one out for ned b a uh, little moment <laughs> of silence for this uh he, he kicked some serious ass before he died oh, yeah. in this uh and i absolutely love the fact that he's using one of the blasters that like was from attack of the clones like one of the like the <laughs> the, you know the Roger Roger droids, um, yeah. as I like to call them. Um, and Indira Indira Varma is such a standout in this episode. What a fantastic reveal for her character to not be a villain in the trailers. Everyone's like, "Oh, well, yeah, perfect, makes sense." She's an Imperial officer, and I just you know with her role as Ilaria Sand in Game of Thrones. I just expected her to be evil, but it's so refreshing mm -hmm. to see her playing this character that truly is a hero and. You know, she doesn't have any special powers. She's not a Jedi. She's just a regular person, which I think makes her death all the more tragic is, you know, she's just a good person. She reminded me so much of like the crew in Rogue One in that way mm -hmm. and just how sad like the ending of that movie is yep. oh very God. similar in this instance where it's just so sad. And again, the strings in this moment, uh, Natalie Holt does an incredible job with the composition. I 
I was I was really feeling this and like I was just blown away by this uh no pun intended too soon <laughs> oh. uh by this moment. <laughs> yeah, I think I think she also delivered, you know, the single most inspiring line oh, uh, yeah. from this episode in this entire series which was the quote that I referenced at the top which is uh some things you can forget uh but you can fight to make things be- make them better. And yeah. I think that, you know, again as I was referencing before this, the series, how it kind of delves into a loss of hope, but the, the spark of hope as well. This is very much that line that helps to inspire hope. And I think that that's very much where the series is going, obviously, as we know, uh, with what will come next in, in, in the canon of star Wars. Yeah, it was incredibly inspirational. And I think the, unfortunately, like the perfect way to send, off because she sacrificed herself um Mm -hmm. shielded for as long as he possibly could by ned um (laughs) which is amazing that he you know this droid loved her had the sense yeah to protect her as long as he could to give her the time to do what she needed to do to protect everybody else so that was really beautiful and i'm i'm glad that they had a moment like that i also agree with you i wish Leia had seen it um, because we know her to be a huge part of the rebellion, obviously, but even prior to A New Hope in Rebels, she does a lot of the ship trading and stuff to Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. supply those ships to the rebellion. So she's going to see a lot at some point. You would think that maybe when she's about this age is sort of when she gets that inspiration. So maybe we'll see something in the final one. And I I also think, though, that they were seed planting their relationship to be so uh, almost like sisterly, right? Like just in those sort of moments where she's like, hey, can you teach me how to shoot? Like, you know, she wants to be a fighter. And like even even Tala says, like, oh, she'll be she'll be a hell of a fighter one day. Right. And, you know, again, just it seemed like they were leaning into like Leia being inspired by Tala's ability to just, you know, fight for good and and fight for the rightful right cause. Right. And, you know, for her not to be able to see this and, and kind of realize the full full stakes that are at hand of, of, of what, what they're fighting for, I think, yeah, it might have been a missed opportunity, but she was off in a tunnel or an event fixing stuff. So, you know, Which I'm okay she has with, her so. moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with all hope lost, Obi-Wan decides to give up and surrender to Reva. Uh, he believes he can get through to her and use her to turn on Vader. Surrendering himself, he's led out to the main bay where he makes a plea to Reva and Reva decides to send him back inside, guarded by two stormtroopers. And as they guide him back to the hangar, Obi-Wan, of course, escapes because two stormtroopers, that's like easy peasy for for him. But just <laughs> as this happens, Vader touches down and immediately heads to the hangar bay. While this is going on, Leia manages to fix the electricals. Uh, components discovers Lola has been manipulated and ends up opening up the hangar doors uh, and everyone scrambles to board the ship but just as the ship attempts to take off oh my Vader uses the force <laughs> uses the force and pulls the ship back down he then proceeds to rip open the hull of the ship but to his surprise the ship is empty they put a little decoy on him that wasn't the ship he was looking for because <laughs> the other ship that was just behind it ends up taking off and escaping and Vader just watches and wonders. So before we, we move on here, what did you guys think of seeing like this full-blown, full-force-strength Vader just tear shit up, Nate? 
Holy, holy crap, dude. Holy <laughs> crap. Because not only is he so powerful that he just holds the ship back, he does it without thinking. Like, he's just walking towards it. And, like, most Jedi would have to, like, stop and, you know, make a pose and a stance and pull it towards him with, like, two hands. He just, like, walks. He's just walking, reaching his hand out like he's, I don't know, grab getting a fly ball. And he just pulls it down. <laughs> and the way he rips through the hull, it's just absolutely phenomenal to see this and these are the these are the vader moments that we want Mm -hmm. you know we had that moment with him in the path that reminded us so much uh, or at least me so much of the rogue one moment and then we get this moment and it's like give me all these moments i want all these little vader moments that are just like mind-blowingly showing you why the galaxy becomes so scared of this you know like asthmatic tin can guy right like (laughs) he, he needs to serve that purpose Totally. And I think one of the things I've actually really enjoyed, surprisingly for me, about this series is how dark it is and how like Mm -hmm. it's showing this fearful time in the galaxy when Vader's reigning, like even just showing those stormtroopers and that big fight that happens earlier and the way they just like poof and hit the ground, the way their helmets just hit the ground because they're dead is crazy. And I feel like they never really show stuff like that. It's always like big theatrical sort of death performances. But just to see them fall dead flat like that, to watch Vader break a kid's neck, to watch him rip this ship apart. His anger is so evident. It's incredible. He is a badass bitch. So (laughs) I am obsessed with this i don't want it to end i know it will one day but it's amazing to see well i I think a lot of fans are really enjoying just this moment i'm glad that as you said nate we're, we're, we're filling out the myth and the legend that is Darth Vader by actually seeing these terrifying moments because the series does depict Vader as a monster as 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 a as a threat a horrific threat that is 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 in this galaxy and you know seeing these moments it's like yeah i i could probably dig seeing a series where Vader just goes around hunting Jedi with his inquisitors and that's what the series is about but at the same time would it lose its its mystique like the fact that we're getting these moments because we haven't gotten anything i think that's what's really like heightening it because you're right like the badassery that we see of of vader in this moment is fantastic it's like the full realization of what we want from from vader it's again i i keep comparing it to how you know when we saw boba fett appear in the mandalorian season two after not really seeing much of this character in live action you know he is like fully realized in that moment when he just is beating the shit out of people right so <laughs> it's it's so great it's so great to see that even though we want to get away from all of these characters and see new stories within star wars there's there's still some ways that they can surprise us by just showing us these characters in new ways so it, it, it was it was really it was really really well done but we're not done uh as vader watches the ship fly away reva approaches from behind and strikes but vader suspected her deception and uses his force powers to stop her they have a bit of a neo versus morpheus fight where vader is just using the force and stopping and blocking and moving reva around while she tries to best him with her saber he barely breaks a sweat and ends up breaking her twirly saber into two giving her one only to defeat her and take it back he eventually 
does best her and then proceeds to stab Riva through the stomach, it, it, which is really well done because it's kind of juxtaposed with the moments in the Jedi Temple with the moments that are happening in the present. So flashback that we were seeing of Anakin and Obi-Wan, them living in the past. She's also living in the past. She's also living in that memory. Uh, but then we get the big reveal uh, as she lies there on the ground. The Grand Inquisitor arrives and walks in uh, and makes some sort of comment about how revenge kept him alive for this moment. <laughs> so he could see her uh, and basically continues to say that she is of no further use and that she will be left for dead in the gutter. Uh, as Vader and the others leave, uh, there is a problem. Obi-Wan senses a problem. In their hasty retreat, Hajj has left the comms device Obi-Wan gave him earlier in the episode on the floor. Reva sees this, crawls over, and opens the message to hear Bail Organa mention Tatooine, the boy, and Owen. We then cut to Tatooine where we see Luke sleeping peacefully in his bed, unaware of the darkness that comes for him. And that is the end of the episode. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So a couple of things to, <laughs> to kind of go over. I, I wanted to get to the end there. First, this fight between Riva and Vader. Epic, right? Like yeah. you get this. Oh, yeah. It's like this one two punch of Vader. We see how force strong he is. And then boom, we get this sort of masterful saber battle. What did you guys think of this epic showdown? Oh, I totally agree. And I think it's really cool to watch. It's basically like Scar playing with his food. Like, he knows he has <laughs> the best in her, and he's like, I'm going to let you do a little something-something and see if you impress me. I know you won't, but I'm just going to let you do your thing. And to watch him, again, this, like, strong, badass bitch situation, to watch him slow the spin of the lightsabers was so cool. To watch him, like, split them in half and go, try again was so amazing. And then to have him like, she gets the saber out of his hand, but then he grabs hers and then also grabs the other one again. And he was like, you tried. <laughs> was yeah. so, so cool. Also, um, thank you, Canon. Everybody was like, yeah, the Grand Inquisitor's dead. I was like, no, he's not. He dies he in be. Rebels. He can't yeah. be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, he, yeah. Um, he's, so he's known for having two stomachs, uh, the, his species. Um, so he <laughs> yeah. only got stabbed in one of them. He's got, he's got a whole other stomach. He doesn't <laughs> care. Um, and obviously revenge kept him alive. And also like shout out to the Grand Inquisitor for having like the second best burn line uh apart from when owen was like <laughs> like you did with his dad or whatever um it was i was just like oh let's go like i thought a whole bunch of people were just gonna be like oh and like you see vader just kind of give him like a fist bump or whatever as they walk away um but Sweet burn, I, uh, I yeah i uh and then vader's like don't talk about burns um but <laughs> i i thought honestly it, this was such an incredible incredible battle and i think it, it shows like Riva very much making the same mistakes that he he's making yes. in the sense that she's just, I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. I want to kill you so bad. And it was just, he basically just destroyed her with one hand for like the majority yeah. of the battle. And I totally thought like, obviously her falling to her knees, that was so that they could set up that quick memory where 
almost in a way her life is flashing before her eyes and she sees Anakin, you know, in the moments of Order 66 from the same angle that she would have when she was younger. It was so perfectly done. And then her being on her knees and him having the two lightsabers, I was like, oh, he's going to count Dooku her right here. He's going to count <laughs> Dooku her. I thought he was going to just completely take her head off. But obviously he didn't. So, I mean, it, you know, ob- like he obviously knows like getting stabbed, you know, he just brought back the Grand Inquisitor. He's like, obviously that doesn't do anything. So he should have known that that's not going to kill her. Do you think like he's doing this on purpose? Does he, is he still playing the long game here? I don't know. Like, Meg, you called it out. Very much that fight is him taunting her. Like, like, oh, you almost got me. Oh, you almost got me. Nah, (laughs) you didn't get me at all, right? He might be keeping her around to see what what else could come. They, I think they're thinking she's, no one's going to save her. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, no one's going to save her. Whereas I think in the instance of where the Grand Inquisitor, I'm wondering if how, how, how early on did Vader know of her intentions do you know what i mean like he made it quite clear in in episode three that he had been watching her right right he had been watching her right so who knows if he was already ahead and already had someone there to react quickly to get the inquisitor to to get medical help so he could i'm sure it was a back to bath that actually worked (laughs) You just put him in his, and he's like, yeah, "It doesn't just, work for me." No, you just take out, you just take out the 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 damaged stomach, and you rip it out, and then seal him up, and he's good. He's fine, dude. Easy he's like, surgery. It's like with, yeah, it's like the, it's like sleeping in a tauntaun. It's not hard. <laughs> I was also gonna say too. I think that there's a part of it because of how evil he is. He kind of wants her to suffer because of why she was trying to attack yeah. him. It's rather than sure. just like, I, I just want to kill you because you're waste. He was like, I sort of trusted you in a sense and you were one of my lackeys. So I'm going to make you suffer for trying to, you know, flip on me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe he's like, you know what? You don't, you're not going to get away with it that easily. Um, yeah. She, she now knows, you know, she knows who Owen is. She knows he's on Tatooine. She heard the boy. Um, I got to say, I... Shout out to to cinematographer uh, Chung Hoon Chung, who just phenomenally where they they have the like I love the cinematography where you get the camera slowly pushing out right from where Obi Wan would watch over the homestead, and it was just such a great moment as we're leading up to the to the reveal of Luke just laying there, and I was just like, I, so to me that felt like it could have been a season two stinger like or like a, a thing that's like okay get ready for season two you know and it might, maybe it still will be but i was just like i was blown away because i was like i thought we were just focusing on Leia. i didn't even think we'd get luke back no in i know i know and and i'm like that kind of leads me to the sort of prediction part which i got no quippy name for but as we get to our final episode of this what season, do we obi want to see was the one i originally <laughs> pitched Justin, ever, just so everyone knows he didn't go with it i you know obviously yeah i i it did it did work for it didn't work for me uh yeah what do you guys think is going to happen here in in the in the finale given the fact that you know reva now knows that that the boy must have some sort of connection to Anakin or is is that what we're assuming she's she's gathered enough information because is she now going to make a play to kill his offspring I I definitely think that we are going to see Reva um it's almost going to be like a race uh to get to Luke and I I think think she will Reva's no but I think her motivation Justin is the fact that she realizes now she can't take him out but she can do the next best thing to what he did to her, which is she can destroy his family. She can take out 
his family. And yeah, I think course. she's really put two and two together. She's like, that's his son. I'm going to reveal it to him. I'm going to, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I mean, it obviously doesn't happen, but I, 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 you know, I think we're going to, I think that's going to be her motivation. Also, Qui-Gon is going to be in the finale. I guarantee he better it. Be. Qui-Gon Jinn better as a be. force ghost is going to be in this finale. And I feel like, I feel like there, there's going to be some sort of situation that shows even more so because of Qui-Gon, how like it shows Vader or shows Anakin, how much of a Padawan he really is still because of how much he doesn't understand about the force. And I think the fact that Obi-Wan will have Qui-Gon, you know, either by his side or with him, or there's just some some sense that that Anakin has, I think it's gonna be the the what causes Vader's downfall in this moment. Um and I also think it's gonna be the catalyst leading into a season two. I think that's my that's my main that's my like that's my theory that I really stand by. And then I have a crazy theory, but I don't know if you want to hear about that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm all for I'm all for do you, the crazy. Do you want a crazy so theory? I think yeah, let's get crazy. If Riva survives this season, which I don't think she will, but if she does, I my crazy theory is that Riva will find another Jedi who will who will either try to or eventually pull her from the dark side. Someone who the Inquisitors will come into contact with, and I think that would be Sarajunda from Jedi Fallen Order because I want Cal Kestis in live action so bad. And Megan, when you said it, I was like, oh, I'm almost there. Um, I, I really want I really want to see that. And I think Sarah Junda would be a phenomenal pairing just with how much she deals with the Inquisitors in Fallen Order. Um, I think it would be a perfect way to bring her in. I mean, listen, we've had deeper cut cameos with Tara Sanub being frozen in stasis in the last episode. So like, you know what? We can mm-hmm. don't I, I hate it when people are like, "Oh, that would never happen because it's in a video game that not as many people play." No. Shut up. All the Star Wars is going to be thrown in our faces in these live action series, and I guarantee at some point we'll get to see that crew in live action. I just I, maybe it'll be in this show. I don't know. I think I think I think if it's going to happen, it's going to be a cameo, small role. I don't yeah. know if it's going to be a full fledged series. I sure. think it's to establish the fact that the game does have relevancy to the canon. You bring this character in for whatever series it could be an Andor, maybe an Obi Wan season two. You see him, but to bring him in would at least cement the idea that the video game Jedi Fallen Order does matter in in the story of of Star Wars, which I think as fans of the game, I, I love the game. I thought it was really great. It did feel very connected to to the existing canon. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering too, like, is is Reva going to end end up out of this series alive, or is she going to be turned? Is she going to be you know, is Obi Wan going to get through to her? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I do feel like she could, she could die because clearly by the time Luke is is in a New Hope, he doesn't know anything. anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when we see Luke, yeah, like he doesn't, like he knows about Jedi's, he knows about them, but they're it's very much the same as how how Ray knew about yeah. you know Luke, and, and that was like a myth. It's like you know legends. Yeah. It's he's you know never I mean? seen so, a lightsaber before, right? So so it exactly. makes sense that. He he won't. So, this this won't so even touch get, him. I guess. Yeah. So this will this will this will be a chase. I think you're right. But I'm I'm wondering how Vader's gonna fit into this because it it kind of makes sense to kill Reva in this episode. Her story's done, right? And you know now Vader and Obi Wan are the only two left for this finale because we should be getting another duel uh, uh, and hopefully better than than what we got in in episode uh, three. 
with a little bit more of a full-fledged force-wielding Obi-Wan. I want him to take the helmet off. Oh, yeah. Take the helmet off. I want to see your wrinkly, gross skin. I want to see a performance of Hayden. Uh, that's what I want. I want to see Hayden I as I don't think Vader he can do without that. the helmet. I think he can do it. I, don't I think, think he, they totally no, can. He, he, he can't do that because at, at, at the end of Jedi, he says, I can't take your helmet off. You're going to die. He's like, I'm already dead. Like, just no, I think something happened. Even if it's just cracked open. Even if it's just cracked well, open, dude. So that would I'm going to cool. interrupt you because in Rebels, it does crack <laughs> open when he's fighting Ahsoka. Yeah. So it, I think something like that, like a piece will break off and he'll see his eye. Something very similar. That to would Rebels. be sick. I would. Totally. I would be like all over that. I would be. <laughs> that would be. And that would be such a good callback to the to the to the animated show. Yeah. Well, and and you guys talking about like canonizing the game or like validating yeah. the game more so. That all that stuff happened with the animated shows too. I know so many people sure. who are like, well, you don't really have to watch those. I'm like, yes, you do. All yeah. of especially <laughs> now, there's so many characters and so many storylines that have branched off of those shows that if you're watching these live action shows and think that's it, you're missing a huge chunk. And like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I said it in the very first episode, Hayden Christensen did his homework and he watched that show because he needed to like to understand Anakin before Vader. You only played him in two movies. Like there is so much that he experienced and did in his life. So I think that, they could totally bring Cal Kestis into this. I agree. It may just be yeah. a one-off for right now. Maybe later he'll mm -hmm. be more. Um, but I also wonder if with all these flashbacks, do you think Natalie Portman might make an appearance? <laughs> Whoa. That would be, Whoa. that would be interesting. That would like be she's on, she's on be... set for Thor love and thunder. And they're like, Hey, just come on over here. Like, come on over. Just come on to the, we have an idea. The, <laughs> yeah. We're going to use the volume tonight. Come on over. So that would be, <laughs> That would be nuts. Oh, I, wow. I'm going to be so disappointed when she's not in it. Thanks. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think I think it's uh, it's safe to say next week's episode, we, we're going to get some closure on some things. We're going to see what ends up happening. It's rumored to be 93 minutes in runtime. So that's an hour and a half. Oh, my God. Half. Full movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's literally a movie episode. It's the first time I think anything on Disney Plus has ended with that length, and if, hopefully that's that's true. Maybe um, that's what Ewan thought what was episode seven, eight, and <laughs> nine, and ten, and eleven, or whatever he was saying. Could be. Maybe, maybe he's just maybe. like that's that's he filmed maybe. that many, even though he didn't. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, before we get to obviously talking about the finale, let's give our final thoughts on this episode and our score, which we'll be rating out of one to five reborn inquisitors. Nate, why don't you kick us off here, buddy? Yeah, man. I, I really, I mean, if you can't tell already, I really enjoyed this episode. I think it's up there with episode one as my favorite so far. Um, I love the structure of moving it back and forth centered around a single training session between Anakin and Obi-Wan, who even, as we were saying, by the end of this episode, are still Padawan and Master. And I think that's so smart, the way that they, they just structured the episode. It's so cool. Uh, the pacing of the episode is great. We get actual stakes with the loss of, of Tala with a major character. Um, and I just... We get another incredible Vader moment with him using the Force to pull back that ship and rip it apart and... I just I, I really dug it. Um, the you know more understanding of Riva's backstory, as you said, Megan, getting to lift for a lot of people that didn't quite understand her, you know, really helped them to understand her character and her backstory was fantastic. And I just think it the episode did such a good job of really highlighting 
and giving every single character of our main characters a moment to shine, even with, you know, Leia sitting in a, a little hole and removing a restraining bolt, you know, still, it was a very Leia thing to do. And it really, you know, I think it was cool how they managed to get every single character a moment like that. Um, I just, for me, I think my only criticism of the episode and and of the series and, and maybe I shouldn't be so critical because we're going to see him in Ahsoka um, maybe a little bit, so I've heard. But I just, I really wanted more Hayden Christensen, um, even more than what we got in that flashback. And getting that flashback, I was like, yeah, that's amazing. But I'm like, I need at least two scoops of ice cream, not one. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, really, uh, I really hope we do get more of him acting. I'd love to see him in our current timeline as well, like we were saying, um, because... To bring him back for for such a short, albeit awesome, moment in this episode um, kind of feels like a waste. So uh, I think, though, overall, again, this was one of the best episodes of the show so far. I'm going to give it four and a half reborn Inquisitors with two stomachs. Nice. Dope. Man. The two stomachs aren't added to my score, by the way. It's just that's <laughs> we have two stomachs. Um, yeah. Simply put, I'm here for the flashbacks, I'm here for the epic lightsaber battles, uh, and I'm here for Vader's bad bitch energy. There was incredible sacrifice, brute strength, and obviously big heart, because it's Star Wars. And I finally understand Reva, which makes me really happy, and just all in all, Probably the best episode I've seen thus far, and it's setting up a really incredible finale in the most exciting way, and I'm so excited to see what happens and hopefully see a little bit of Luke in this one. So I'm giving it a four and a half out of five reborn Grand Inquisitors, specifically because <laughs> I don't think I can give the penultimate a five. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, it was pretty hard. I was I was actually considering giving this one a five out of five, but uh, uh, spoiler alert, I, I am not. Um, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I think as you said it, I'm here for Star Wars, and this episode gave us some of the best Star Wars moments. Uh, seeing Vader just tear shit up, uh, some epic light lightsaber battles to relive a flashback moment between Obi-Wan and Anakin in the early days of Padawan and Master uh, as as they spar and using this as an internal dialogue that the characters would, would sort of have over the, the, the course of this entire episode and bringing it all back uh, in the end when, when we see Vader face off against Reva and how you know, yes, to, to the point of what you're saying, Nate, he's still learning, but he had the upper hand by getting around Reva's ego, very much like Obi-Wan got around his ego uh, in invested him in that sparring match. Um, the strength of this episode, though, is is put is, is the focus on Reva, allowing us to finally understand her origins and her motives. While it's clear that she has resentment to Obi-Wan, Vader being the one that she's truly after is is a, is very interesting and sets up a new dynamic that I, I, I don't think has been entirely explored in Star Wars, uh, sort of this infiltration, but uh, especially this close to Vader. I think that that's kind of, that's that's a really interesting part to be. And, and again, the face-off at the end that we saw uh, is, is absolutely dope. So many badassery moments of Vader. I, I'm here for, for it. I think, again, it just, it gives the myth and the legend so much more life. And I love what this series is doing in terms of 
really creating a monster out of him, which is what he was kind of pitched as, is like this terrifying threat in the galaxy. And we're seeing that happen in, in these moments. So 100%, I'm, I'm giving this episode as well a 4.5 out of 5 Reborn Inquisitors. All right, well, that's it for this week's episode of Watch Club for Obi-Wan Kenobi, Episode 5, Part 5. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on this show or any of the shows we're covering in Watch Club, well, you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that feels like you're being force-pulled into submission... You can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or <laughs> or on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our recent spoiler-free review for Spiderhead, which is uh, hitting Netflix June 17th. We also have our spoiler-free review for Disney and Pixar's Lightyear, which we also have an interview with the Lightyear director, Angus McLean and producer Galen Sussman and composer Michael Giacchino out now for you, which you can enjoy, which was an incredible experience. I know Nate is so still cool. riding that high. I'm, I'm blown away, dude. <laughs> the, guy, the guy did the music for Lost, okay? Like, come on, come on. <laughs> so um, the, we, we also have our interview with the directing duo Adil and Bilal, who directed episode one and episode six of Miss Marvel. And speaking of Miss Marvel, we also also have our watch club which is currently going on right now with episode two out right now with our special guests mr mitch george and spooner um and lastly we have our weekly this week in geek episodes where we break down the latest trailers and news every single wednesday now we've been a bit busy uh and we've hit a review period uh of movies and series because there's just tons of stuff dropping and a lot of stuff to cover uh so we're hoping we're going to come back maybe next week or or the week after when things kind of slow down a little bit but if you're a star wars fan you'll definitely want to listen to our last this week in geek episode uh where myself nate and darcy uh are are on the episode and nate and darcy recant their adventures at star wars celebration live in anaheim uh, we get to geek out over all the announcements that uh, are shared and some details from trailers that footage that hasn't yet been seen. Uh, but hopefully the rest of us uh, simpletons will be able to see this. And, <laughs> you you not... poor simpletons. <laughs> I feel like Vader right now. I'm just up in the I'm up in space and I'm just looking down at you and just they have no idea the power of the dark side. Uh, all the muggles. So the what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So go give that episode a listen and leave a five-star review if you don't mind. Meg, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, may the Force be with you. Always. always.